They tell me I only have 30 minutes, so I have to cut back. So. Uh, I'm just practicing my, my preaching jokes. Okay. So. <clears throat> First of all, I want to give honor and glory to God for, for bringing me to this point in my life. Uh, I was born, if you don't know, I was born in Deep South Texas. Uh, I know I walk around with a Texas cap or a Spurs, Rangers, Cowboys paraphernalia uh, normally daily. Um, but I felt the call in the ministry at a very young age. Uh, I can't even remember, but it was kind of one of those things that began my, my, my journey on my identity and, and my battle with, with my identity of who I am. Um, but unfortunately, I ran from that call. You know, I, I knew where I needed to be, but I tried to fill that call with, with other things, you know, music ministry, youth ministry, and adult ministry. Um, my resume at, at the conference level is, is top notch, man. I was, I was lay leader of, of, the, of the Rio Grande Conference, uh, the, the, the lay delegate to General Conference one year, you know, so in, in, that, in that sense, like, I really achieved, you know. But there came a point in my life where I said, well, this is, this is not what, what ministry is about. And so I kind of, I pulled back from that and, and went into to being kind of a, a youth coordinator and, and uh, being more um, uh, intentional in my music ministry. And so I still tried to, to fill, to fill that, that identity, that call with those types of ministries. And, um, and about 10 years ago, actually about, about 12 years ago, we, there was an opportunity, to, opportunity for us to start an uh, outreach ministry. What we call an outreach ministry now, it's a fresh expression. I don't know what the new terminology is now. But uh, we went out and we worked in the colonias in, in, in South Texas where, you know, the, the people who live there don't have uh, the best of, of the essentials of just uh, utilities and water and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's an underprivileged area. And we went out there. And for 10 years, we did ministry out there. And sometimes I would ask God, you know, is this, is this the call? Is this where you want me? And, and there came a point where he told me, like, well, you chose, a, you chose your own path, so I've been training you along the way. You know, all the different ministries you, you, you uh, were a part of and your, your conference work and, and now this outreach ministry, you know, this is just stepping stones of what I have for you. So there came a point, you know, I have to give honor and glory for my wife where we said, you know, it's time, you know, for us, for me to fully accept that call into ministry and to go into seminary. And so um, I had a great job. I was, uh, I made oh, a lot of money. <laughs> and uh, I had to quit that. I had to put my, fully rely on God, saying, you know, we were loading up a U-Haul, didn't know where income was going to come from. But I, I thank God to this point, we haven't, we haven't needed anything and we haven't wanted anything more than, than what he's given us. And, um, and so I got here to, to Asbury, and I was, I was dealing with that identity crisis I, I, I was talking about. Um, first of all, my wife and I, we always have this debate whether I'm Mexican-American or I'm Hispanic. And because my wife is fully Mexican-American, you know, she, she has a connection to Mexico, she identifies with Mexico, and I'm third-generation Texan. So I claim Texas first before Mexico. And so, so I'm, I'm all about Whataburger and, and, uh, and Bucky's and Rudy's, you know, that, that, that's me, you know. So we finally, after, after debate and debate, we landed on I'm Hispanic of Mexican descent because my great-great-grandparents came from Mexico. And I was fine with that, but then I got here, and we were in the midst of, of the uh, racial up, up, uh, uh, unrest in the nation, 
And so we started hearing about ra uh, uh, racial reconciliation and, and we started groups of studies. And, and so I was sitting in these studies and, and these talks and the talks were about you know, black and white. And I'm sitting here like, well, I'm brown, so where, 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 do, I, where, do, I, where, do, I, where do I stand? Or where, where, do I, where do I fall in the midst of this? You know, and I don't know if you know this, but as a Hispanic on my birth certificate, it says I'm white, but my ethnicity is Hispanic. So then, okay, that's even more confusing for me, you know. And so that, that weighed on me, and thankfully, you know, God walked me through that and, and, and got me to the other side of that. And then I took Dr. Headley's class on the care of persons, and we read the family crucible, and then uh, I'm an only child. So that came out in the book, and then it explains so many things of the way I handle things in my life. You know, when, when I get into a big uh, crowd of people, if you see me walk off for five minutes, it's because I have to reset. You know, I'm not used to being in, in, a, in a big family or with a, a lot of people. You know, and sometimes my kids get mad because, like, oh, why do you go? You know, why do you, why do you get mad? As I don't get mad, I just have to reset myself and come back to the come back to the table, come back to the, to, the, uh, responsi uh, to the responsibility, to the conversation. So I started dealing with that, and I was talking to my wife. There's all these things going on in, in, my, in my head, and, and in, in, in the, the way I look at ministry. I was going from, okay, years and years of being a worship leader to the pastoral side. You know, how do I make that? How do I make that, that, that change and that, that transition? So just all these things that were weighing on me, and this was last year. They were just weighing on me and weighing on me. And then I started, I heard the phrase, Imago Dei. And, and I learned the terminology, I learned what it meant. But I, I hadn't applied it to my life yet. So all of a sudden, this, this semester, towards the end, the, end of, the end of the semester, I started hearing more, but in the sense of that we're the image bearers of God. So for me, it snapped. I'm an image bearer of God, first and foremost. And all those things that identify me are second, they're secondary, tertiary. You know, they're still important to me, the Hispanic um, culture. You know, before I was kind of like, we need Hispanic culture, we need, you know, we need to push, you know, uh, sharing, uh, or not sharing, but uh, there has to be at least one day where we do something in Spanish or we honor the Hispanic culture. I went from that to going, I want to share my culture. I want you to, 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 to feel what it is to be, you know, Hispanic or, or, or what, you know. And so I praise God for um, when, when uh, I was asked to lead the service for, um, for the uh, Hispanic Heritage uh, Month. You know, and uh, so we got to practice, and, and uh, um, this is going to sound a little ra uh, racially insensitive, but <laughs> so we're, we're, we're learning the, the song that, that has like a, a Latin rhythm to it, you know, and, uh, and so I, I was trying to tell the guys, okay, it's got to have this, this rhythm, and Keith Cooper goes, you picked the widest band to do, you know, <laughs> to do this. That's it. No, no, it's good, it's good. But then after, after a while, you know, Greg got the rhythm and, 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 uh, and not, not, I mean, he, we, we got the rhythm down. And so, and so after that, uh, Jordan's all like, can we just play that four times? You know, we don't have to play different songs. We'll just play that, 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 time, uh, that song four times. So anytime I kind of do the little, the little intro, you know, it's like, oh, okay, everybody gets ready and they start playing. They want to play a song. So that's what I mean. I, I can share my culture. 
you know, where, where it's not like it has to be all Hispanics doing the, the music. We're sharing in together in different cultures. And so it's snapped for me. Being an image bearer of God means that we're each an image bearer of God. So that unites us first. That allows us to do ministry together. That allows us to communicate, to love one another, to have that basis. And I thank God this, this semester for that, that work that he's doing in my life, you know, where I could put that first and unite us in that. I also want to thank God just for the, the opportunity that he gave me to, to, to lead worship uh, this, this semester. I got here thinking, like, okay, I'm, not, I'm just, maybe I can help out every once in a while in, in, uh, in chapel, with the chapel band. But uh, God blessed me with the opportunity to, to lead a few times, and, and I praise God. If it was a blessing for you, praise God. If, if it wasn't, praise God. <laughs> but uh, I, know there was, I know there were some comments on the, on the live stream, like, well, we don't understand what you're singing. Um, but praise God, and I thank God for all the musicians who accepted, uh, uh, and the singers who accepted the invitation to, to minister with me. And I want to give a big shout out to the uh, to Charlie and his his group up there, Charlie and, and Abe and and uh, Matt and uh, and everybody who who make the live stream and chapel just run. You know, like I just have to step up to the mic, and it's on. And these guys, you know, it's it's a daily it's a daily thing that they do here, and I, I it goes unseen. You know, you see us up here in the front, but Everything, everything runs because of the guys in the back. And um, I just want to close this, this, this time off with a, oh, man. Thank God for my wife. It sounds funny, but we left our kids behind. <laughs> they're, they're adult kids. They're not, they're not little kids. <laughs> But she, she was the one that told me, because I tried to do online a seminary, do, uh, holding a full-time job and full-time ministry, and, and it didn't really work out that well. She said, no, we have to move to Wilmore. But the Lord has blessed her, and she's, he's used her a mighty way in my life and in our ministry. And I just want to thank God for her and for my kids. God bless you. Good morning. I'm Daisy. And uh, yeah, I might be the one Jessica mentioned about wondering how come I will stand here. <laughs> yeah, but uh, this is my fourth year here, and I'm taking a very slow pace, and I enjoy the whole uh, maybe grilling and uh, whatever. Yeah, it's uh, joy and suffering at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, but the good news is I can enjoy now the winter break. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm a kind of a pretty old student, and uh, it is almost after the almost 20 years since I finished my first master's degree, and I retired myself 
from my university in Shanghai back in China. Yeah, I'm from China, by the way. And now I came back to be a full-time student. And this time it is from a totally different field. And in, my, in the words of my friends back in China, especially my colleagues, former colleagues who are not Christians, they think, okay, that is something about religion. And it is superstition. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm taking two degrees, a uh, master degree in ministry, that is my first degree, and now I'm taking uh, MA in theological studies. But it, if it is not the work of the Holy Spirit, I never thought of this, even with my wildest imagination. Yeah. I grew up in a common Chinese family with almost everyone in my family being intellectual, but atheist. Yeah. We just believe in ourselves. Uh, we do not believe in Mao, we do not believe in socialism, communism, but we believe in ourselves. We believe in hard work, and we believe in, by hard work and our wisdom, we can, uh, we can succeed. But my father was persecuted very terribly during the Cultural Revolution, and even after that prison period. So if I, I may say that um, if that Cultural Revolution has not taken his life, he was virtually insane. He was just obsessed with all the political news, the news from the China Central Television, and he may smell anything from each piece of news. And he even forced everyone in our family to just follow him and to read the news with him. If we do not do that, there might be a wild fight. So, yeah. At that time, when I was small, I can remember everyone is just kind of living under the shadow of his unstable temper. And my mom suffered, is the one suffered most until she passed away. Yeah. But several years ago, uh, when my son and I were here, like uh, I was a visiting scholar with UK and I became a Christian. And Sarah knows that. <laughs> and uh, after my son and I became a Christian, became Christians, and we tried to talk my dad into becoming a Christian. But one question that kept bothering him is this. He kept asking this one question. He said, since God is so good and he's so loving, why he allows so many people, especially in China, suffer during the Cultural Revolution? and the so-called natural disaster during 1950s and 1960s. And yeah, frankly speaking, I cannot come up with an answer to convince both him and myself. Yeah. And uh, this is maybe one of the primary reasons that uh, I came to Asbury. But thank God, on his deathbed, he finally decided to come to Jesus, yeah, and uh, he went back home to our Heavenly Father. 
So talking about the whole process of my applying for Asprey, it took almost two years actually. Yeah. Uh, so um, during this whole process, I must say uh, the admissions office should get the extra bonus. <laughs> because every time, yeah, every time literally, when I had the hesitation, I thought, hmm, do I need to give up all my life here? And because uh, like just uh, uh, several years, several years later, I can enjoy my retirement. And uh, I, I can enjoy my life and the work here. I am not on a very uh, kind of uh, hard path being a university uh, lecturer for more than 20 years. So I, it is very easy to, for me to handle everything there. But every time, yeah, every time I had that hesitation, I always got their email, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I always got their email, and the email will just uh, push me forward a little bit every time. So that's why I say this process took me almost two years. Finally, I got the offer, and then I could manage to come to Wilmore. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I came here three years ago and with, with a lot of anxieties and worries and uncertainties. I was not sure if I can follow the professors in class because English is not my first language. And I was also worried about if, what if I got a C in my, yeah, in the finals. Yeah, because we have that kind of honor and shame culture among the Asians and of course I was, uh, yeah, I was a teacher, so how come I can say, yeah, I get a C in front of my students? <laughs> but there are always the grace and the encouragement from all the professors, even though I did terribly in the exams. I can still recall my nightmare after my first semester. So I dreamed that uh, it was uh, in Dr. Dangjo's uh, biblical narrative. Yeah. Because we always have the closed book te uh, tests, and I did terribly, yeah, frankly speaking. And uh, I dreamed in the test. Right after I got the test paper, and uh, I began to settle down and prepare to work on the questions. One of my colleagues, who is a very young lady, she's really smart, and she finished all the questions and submit her test paper. I just look at her like this, and I was sweating in my dream, yeah, honestly. And I was wondering if I could really handle all the schoolwork as an old lady, yeah. Actually, I prefer to have the recurring dream I had before every new school year when I was, uh, when I was working with Shanghai University. So before every new school year, 
I dreamed I will always look for my classroom. I forgot to bring my textbooks, and with an inspector from the ad administration of the school just waiting at my school uh, at the uh, at the door of my classroom, checking on me. Yeah. But now, after a couple of years of being a seminary student, I enjoy the simple and relaxing life rhythm. You know why I say relaxing. And boast about my smartness from my grades, which actually are graces from God and from the professors. Yeah. Yep, but I have been overwhelmed with my conceit and pride, feeling good about myself and looking down at my brothers and sisters in my home church. Yeah. I felt myself turning into some kind of people. Actually, I don't like it all. I have tried so hard to, to, to avoid myself becoming that kind of people. So I just call them like the people with a big head. Yeah, proud, conceited, and snobbish because of the head knowledge. Yeah. Until the past summer when my son contracted COVID, yeah, he suffered a lot from the high fever from a whole week. And all kinds of discomforts from the high fever, especially during midnight. And holding him in my arms, I could not hold tears in my eyes. When I was most vulnerable and helpless, uh, I cried out for God's help, but it seems he was not there with us at that time. After days of high fever, my son began to cough, and I was most concerned about this because he had a history of bronchitis and pneumonia. And if this nasty virus gets into his lung, I just couldn't imagine the consequence. I called our primary care, the urgent care, and even went to ER for help. But yeah, I, I'm really thankful for our primary care. The, the doctors and nurses, they just pray for us. They said, pray, we will pray for you. Yeah, the medications are there, but sometimes I just don't trust the medication. Yeah, I said, okay, the fever just to stay, they didn't go. They didn't go, what do we do? Yeah, the nurses said, we will pray for you. So that is the most powerful medication for us. Yeah. So when we went to ER for help, yeah, we had a, a, a he had an X-ray, yeah. But actually, according to the X-ray, it shows that he had the pneumonia. But the doctor withheld this news from us, and the doctor just told us, "Everything's good. You just go back home and take some steroid." Yeah, I was wondering why, if everything was good, why do we need to take steroid? Because according to my superstition, yeah, because my family are all doctors, I don't think steroid is, uh, should be taken if everything is fine. But still, we took that. We took that. And I just uh, reduced the dose, dosage. <laughs> yeah, even though the doctors told, take the medications faithfully. <laughs> But still, I did not follow his instructions so faithfully. 
<laughs> but we thank God that my son finally got back on the track to recovery, and we have been supported both emotionally and physically with prayers and with foods and comforts from my church family and from this community. Yeah. So when there seems to be no help or no hope, I lose sight and faith in God. Just like I, I desperately try to cling to anything for help, I cling to doctors and medications. To relieve my son's symptoms and fever, I just forgot to repent my sins and to have faith in him. I forgot that I have been trying hard to prove myself by being self-righteous, by lending a hand to friends, and then boasting about my generosity and self-righteousness. My eyes were fixed on myself, on my pride, and feeling good about myself. But it is so true that we must do whatever it takes to keep our gaze on Jesus. I hate to admit this is a good reminder to correct my sins and turn my guests away from the distractions and my pride back to Jesus. Yeah. Though the cause might be my son's bad illness, but there is still this beautiful confirmation. Cast fear and have our eyes on and our face in him because he is faithful and he will never put the burden more than we could take. Yeah. Just like I kept reassuring my son when he was in agony, I said, no worry, mom is here with you. Our Lord is always there with us, whether in a smooth situation or in the midst of difficulties, whether we could feel his presence in Sunday service, in the prayer meetings, or we feel he is not there, in difficult times, as in wilderness or stormy seas in our daily life. And as what we try to reassure our own kids, don't be afraid, we are here with you. Our Heavenly Father is always there with us. Though we could not ignorantly believe there would be always smooth situation and prosperity from this place in him. But what he gives is the peace and courage, even in the midst of challenges. Yeah, yes, the Lord does not just cast away our fear, he replaces it with courage and peace. The Lord does not just remove our distrust, he replaces it with strength, love, and humanity. Yeah, in closing, I will just quote John 14, 70, uh, 27 to all of us. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the word gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid. May God bless you.
Good morning. Uh, it's a blessing uh, to even have been asked to speak. Uh, that's even a testimony in itself because it helps me to lift up my head and know that God is good and working in my life. So I just want to say I'm thankful for that, to be here. So I remember spring break of my senior year of undergrad way back in March of 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> BC, before COVID. So... So this was right before the world as we know it was completely changed. Um, I was actually in Nashville with a group of my closest college buddies, and I had two roads kind of before me. I was internally debating whether to uh, do a residency at the church that I had been plugged into in my undergrad or to come to Asbury. Uh, I had been um, admitted to Asbury back in October, but I honestly was a little scared. I had, had my doubts. Um, See, after college years full of a lot of growth, but also a lot of existential crises, um, the idea of coming to an academic institution to study the Word of God was a little scary to me. Um, would I come here and have more crises? Would I get lost in my head? Would I go and find out that this Jesus of whom I'd heard about all my life and who I had made my own new commitment to as a sophomore in college was made up? In contrast to this, doing good work seemed like it might be good. Uh, but I would never forget that there was something in my spirit that wouldn't let me pull the trigger on that residency. And I'm very thankful to be standing here with you guys today because I was not ready. And I'm very glad that I'm here. So I ended up coming here. And guys, I have been blown away by the goodness of God since coming here. Uh, the community, the chapel services, the professors and the classes have lifted my head up and opened my eyes to the goodness of God in beautiful ways. Um, one among many of the tangible testaments to this that I was not expecting uh, is the extent to which the global nature of the church is not only present here but celebrated. Um, it's just a beautiful and tangible taste of heaven. So since being here, by way of the classroom and chapel, I have been baptized into the richness of the whole story of God's goodness, from creation to recreation, and the holistic redemption that comes from that, that we see from Genesis to Revelation. So all of my professors that I've had here are on fire for the Lord. Yes, they are brilliant too, <laughs> but they love the true God as revealed to us in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, for example... You guys probably know this, but Craig Keener can quote basically the entire Bible, <laughs> um, not to mention paragraphs at a time of Greek and Jewish literature from the first century, but he also told us stories of being beaten on the street for sharing the gospel with people who need it. Um, it's always in the context of the cross of Jesus Christ that he would use his, his brain, and that's what I've seen in every professor here as well. It's always in the context of the love of God and the love of neighbor. It's not about getting their names out there. Um, as the proverb says, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. I've seen that. It is here that I have learned, although I have so much further to go in this, that God is near to those who need him. He doesn't need us. He wants us. It is here that I learned by way of Athanasius, by way of Thomas Oden, by way of Steve Martin and Jessica Lagrune that being comes before doing. 
or in that West Texas draw of Dr. Martin, brother, you are what you receive. <laughs> this truth is so simple, and yet it's such a game changer. This means that the Christian life is not about what we produce on our own for God, as if we can give him anything that he doesn't already have, but instead to be truly at peace being with God. It's so much richer and deeper, harder, yes, but also much more worth it than the Christianity that I think we often practice and preach in the North American church. Uh, we are not called to intellectual assent, but holistic unashamed relationship with the one who is holding it all in his hands, which entails a radical surrender and devotion. Now, as to assuage your fears, or maybe more mine than yours, um, that maybe I just know all these great things to say but haven't actually experienced some of them, I'll dive into some real life. <laughs> um, before I share with you these awesome things that God has been doing really in my life this semester, I just want to start by getting real um, and showing you what he's been working with to do all this. Um, so this semester has not been the easiest. Uh, there have been many mornings where it's been hard to get out of bed. I've had many a self-sulking session where that despicable inward gaze of sin in which uh, that pendulum of pride and despair seems to reign happens. I have used people, even those I have claimed to really care about, as means to an end instead of trusting in the Lord and seeing them as beautiful reflections of the one who is the beginning and the end. I have seen clear revelations of God's heart and been too dull or scared and disobeyed. But God, hallelujah. I heard at the beginning of the semester that there was a 5 a.m. prayer group meeting every Monday through Friday. Now, this was inspiring to hear about, but I didn't think I would really go, at least not all that often. Um, but I went one morning, and it has been one of the highlights of my semester. I've not gone nearly every day or anything like that, but the fact that I've gone somewhat consistently is a testament to God working in my life, I can tell you that. <laughs> Before that, I've never gotten up that early, that consistently, except for maybe hunting trips or things like that. So... <laughs> um, the fact that here on this very campus, there are so many spirit-filled people from all over the world who earnestly seek God's face simply because they know they have tasted and seen his goodness and want to share it with others, that is a testimony that we need to lift up and praise God for every chance we get. The faithfulness and holy love of God shown to and through Hajin and his family, Hong and Zana, Jolene, Tim, everyone else, has been nothing short of a miracle. Um, since being at Asbury, and even more noticeably since praying with these folks, God has really worked in me a lot. Now, so a tangible sign of this in my life has been the gift of tongues or prayer language. Now, I don't share this with the goal of making people uncomfortable or in any way to flex at how spiritual I am, but instead to point to God. Tongues is not something I could or would ever make up for myself. Um, I share it because it points to the God of the Bible working in a way that only he can and does. And now even deeper and more beautiful than that gift, though, here comes Corinthians 13 for you, is the love of God 
that I've experienced. I have felt things in worship this semester that I have not felt before. I have prayed prayers that I have never prayed before. People, many of whom I don't even know all that well, have come up to me and spoken life over me in such a way that it can only be from the Holy One who knows me best and wants the best for me. I have seen people, even if for brief snippets of time, who might not be the easiest for me to have a heart for, uh, in a new light as broken and yet loved image bearers of the living God. I have had snippets of longing for Jesus to return that I haven't had before. These can all only be testaments to God's Spirit leading me to truly becoming a new creation in Jesus Christ. I'm very thankful. So, hallelujah. Amen.